0: <laughs>
1: Alright, now you have to actually sit, you're sitting closer this time, right? I am sitting okay. closer. Okay, because you were sitting farther away and you were kind of quiet last time.
0: Well, sorry, I was kind of quiet. Okay, fine. <laughs> we starting?
1: Of course we started now. Oh, we've started. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't tell you first. Well, uh, hi. Hi, uh, welcome back to another episode of Me, My Parents, and Liam Neeson, where we go through all of Liam Neeson's major and sometimes minor film roles couple of TV roles, and hopefully in here one video game, and look at how he is in the movies, how much trouble he's in, which is where this all started with the peril meter, peril index. I don't actually remember which one it is officially. It's not official, is it?
2: Oh, it's not official. Okay, it's not official. Well, in our house it's
1: official. Everything's official in our house. Uh, I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. And today we're talking about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I, uh, as a fan of the Star Wars and various other things that have Star in their title, this movie isn't that good. <laughs> um
2: well, I would concur.
1: You have different yes, opinions about Star Wars. But though. I've
2: really tried hard not to be that person that comes into a movie with preconceived notions. I'm it's, just gonna say that's that at true. The that's true. I, I tried. Did,
1: I think upon further viewings, this movie did not sit well with me. I think at the time I thought it was good. But I've had a lot of time since then, well it was 1999 if I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. a lot of time to watch other movies and appreciate other things that people can do with film. Even in that year, uh, something we were trying to do is also look at what else was good that year, you'd think that a Star Wars movie, and especially the, after the first three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. they just started, they were sweeping awards, especially in visual stuff. This movie did not win special effects awards. And you think that's ludicrous with Star Wars, but what was it?
2: It was nominated for three Academy Awards. In it was released in '99, so this would have been the year 2000 Academy Awards uh, program. Nominated for best sound, best um, sound effects editing, and best visual effects. And The Matrix came out in '99 also and swept those awards.
1: Which kind of makes sense. I'm a little disappointed, John Williams, because. It's John Williams.
2: But a, but the music was also rehashed from, I mean... It there was, was
1: not a lot of new music. Well, the battle, battle of the Fates at the end was new music. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it was kind of standard John Williams, which is good. I like standard John Williams.
2: Right. Well, and I think that, um, I mean, I was a senior in high school when the first... You know, the original Star Wars came out. And it was brand new. It was something no one had seen before. Yeah, the writing was, let's just say, a little shallow. Mm-hmm. But I think that the the effects and things were so, you know, otherworldly that it garnered a lot of attention. Well, here it is. It's 20-some years later that this movie is from the yeah. original. And it's... Yeah, well, hmm.
1: at, at the time, the visual effects were... Of their time. They were cutting edge. It's industrial right. light and magic. Those guys are always on the forefront. Right. But the writing hasn't really improved. The characters certainly haven't improved.
2: No, it, was, it seemed to me, as, as someone, I really enjoy a good story. And this movie told me what to think. It didn't leave any surprises for me. You could guess what was going to happen next. And, you know, from, you know, Obi-Wan you know i need your help obi-wan
1: yeah that was a really... okay
2: guess what nothing really has changed yeah. in 20 years in in the writing department it's so help me that...
1: obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope Ugh, thank you very much guess mm-hmm. what mm-hmm.
2: that's how much i really enjoyed the writing in that first film. all
1: right so we uh let's actually get into the movie we're but not we... just here to talk about how bad the movie is but
2: but we got to talk about liam neeson
1: we got to talk about liam neeson yes so i uh, as with the first movie, and I guess all of them going forward, mm-hmm. uh, we're starting it off with the, what is the start to Liam Neeson time? How long does it take for him to be on the screen doing stuff?
2: Right. So, he was, well, we didn't see his face, but mm-hmm. we heard him. He was on screen in less than a minute, less than 30 seconds, probably. The
1: first line of dialogue in the movie is his. That's right. And mm-hmm. then shortly followed by the person he said, hey, you, to yes. responding Cap- to him. Yes,
2: Captain something or another.
1: I think it was just Captain.
2: Mm-hmm. But. hmm right.
1: Uh, He is a Jedi Knight named Qui-Gon Jinn Mm -hmm. and has been tasked with negotiating with some form of legal naval blockade of a planet.
2: Oh, the bad guys and the good guys.
1: The bad guys are cartoonishly bad, though (laughs) I will say that in later Star Wars movies the cartoonishness increases. I am reminded of Star Wars Episode Eight and The Evil Room, which is bright red and black for no good reason.
2: Yeah. Because
0: it's evil. Because it's evil, Mm -hmm. (laughs) obviously. Uh, Apparently red and black are evil colors for Star Wars.
1: Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn is accompanied by his Padawan learner, though we don't quite get that context for about two minutes until they just straight up tell us. Mm -hmm. And that is played by Ewan McGregor, who has done lots of good things. He is very accomplished. Uh, Shows up in episodes two and three, again, as this character and... Like, what else? He's been in a lot of things.
2: I don't know. It's not my favorite genre. It's
1: yeah, not your, yeah he's studied he, up on him. He shows up in yet. a lot of action movies. He does a fair amount of, like, romantic and dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, anyways, uh, the peril begins almost immediately when they get to the negotiation room, and the bad guys go talk to their boss and say, Boss, they sent good guys here. What do we do? And boss goes, kill him.
2: But at the same time, there was a high level of peril... And I wrote in my notes, so far, I don't care about any of the characters.
0: Exactly. So well, that, the, after that first yeah, encounter. well,
1: the good guys are really just like, we are the calm good guys. And the bad guys are, we are hilariously bad, both well, in mind and in execution.
2: <laughs> well, and, and it was so um, completely opposite that it was, it didn't leave anything for me as the uh, the viewer... To make any decisions for myself, yeah. the decisions there, there was were made no for me. way for
1: us to go. hmm, Maybe the bad guys aren't so bad after all, which is how you get compelling villains. Right. These villains are again. I'm going to use this word a lot. Cartoonishly evil.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, they were because they told us they were evil. Yeah. They they announced their badness. They didn't let us figure it out. Yeah. They, and spe- that was they speak
1: in the kind of smug way you expect. Snidely Whiplash. Yeah. Like one, knock, knock, they want knock, them to twirl at least twirl their mustache at us. <laughs> <laughs> so various amounts of things happen on the ship, and at no time does he really act like he's like facial expression wise. He never acts like he's in trouble. His mm-hmm. he you know cuts cuts down wave after wave of mooks and runs away from stuff, mm-hmm. but the entire time he looks pretty calm.
2: He, yes, and I don't know if that was that was probably a directorial yeah. Decision to have him appear very, very centered and very uh, yeah balanced, sure, balanced, balanced and confident. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas his apprentice is a little on the reckless side, a little more emotional, a little more emotional. Mm-hmm. Not enough to really make him seem like an interesting character yet, but you know. Mm-hmm. So they're. We kind of can fast forward through the ship because they end there pretty quickly. There's a bit. There's like a joke in there. It's fine. And then they go. Do they go to? Do we need to talk about what's happening on the planet? No. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, we okay, we do, because the elephant in the room has weird floppy ears and talks in a bad Jamaican accent, and his name is Jar Jar Binks. No. No? Okay, we're going to skip talking about him for a lot, except that he is the next bit of peril, because I forgot. I thought there was only one time in this movie where Qui-Gon Jinn looks scared or overly emotional, and that was when he died. I was incorrect. There are two times. And the other time is when he's trying to get Jar Jar Bings to move out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually looks like he's fearful. And he's like, bit. no, you have to move. Get out of the way. And then he... Oh, when he, he tackled he? him? He, tackled he, he tackles him. him. And he's looking very emotional there. Right. And then he called him brainless and said that the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. And it was just the massive shit-talk train.
2: <laughs> and, and But that was the one time when we, we saw something other than a flat yeah. effect.
1: And so, you know, good job on Jar Jar for pulling that out of him, whatever. But then he starts immediately being useful, and by useful I mean just giving them more problems. Yeah, They go down into the special effects city of yeah. Underwaterness, and they find...
2: There's always a bigger fish.
1: They find comedy Donald Trump, and it's... It's just too much. And then eventually they get up to where the queen is, the rightfully elected queen. I believe in this movie, I have to look it up, I believe her character is supposed to be 17.
2: I don't know. It's... I, well, <laughs> I didn't care about the characters. Yeah. I, Daniel was not even taking notes during
1: this movie. I wrote down, I think, four or five oh, words five of words. notes. And I, because I know most of this movie very well, because I am a fan of Star Wars, Mm -hmm. and because most of this is not going to be going through the little things, you don't need to hear a full rundown of how long the pod race scene was. Oh, I did mention to them before, I was going to tell them how fast pod racers go. Do you want to hazard a guess? It's in kilometers per hour. Three. (laughs) Kilometers
0: per hour? Kilometers per hour. Oh, like 200 or something. Would you like to
1: revise your guess? Uh, I don't 4, know.
0: Four. No, 900. 900 kilometers I don't think, <per SSZaus> I don't think hour.
2: it's true.
1: It's what Wikipedia said so, and they are the official source for these things. Oh my things.
2: gosh. Well, <laughs> if we had internet at our house, which we don't today.
1: We're working on it.
2: Thank you, road construction guys. We could look that up, but we don't have that, so yeah. we're not going to. Sure, we're not going
1: to. But I think it's the broad strokes here of the characters are not... It, you mentioned before that we're being told what to think. And something to keep in mind, both, there's two good examples of good ways to do science fiction. There is Star Wars the Original Trilogy, and there's Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And they both do it well in different ways. Star Wars the Original Trilogy doesn't tell you why things work. Things happen. Okay. No one explains the Force, or why their spaceships fly, or what makes lightsabers work, mm-hmm. or any of that. It just is. And we're fine with that. Right. We don't need it to explain it. Uh, another good example is uh, Iron Man 1. He makes the arc reactor thing and then uses it to power his armor. And at no point in the movie do they say, well, here's how the arc reactor works. And right. we don't care. We don't care that, that we don't know why it works. Star Trek is the opposite direction where they don't explain. They Everything has a reason. Everything has a name. Everything has a reason. They don't get into the details of it. But we know that dilithium crystals are what are used to power the warp drive. Right. Everyone knows. Everyone that. Everyone knows that, obviously. Right. right. But we don't need to know what those are. We know what they are, mm-hmm. and so there's a reason behind for it. Them. We get a step down, and that's fine. <sighs> but in this movie, they decide to explain everything.
2: Right. They leave nothing to our imagination. No, there's, there's
1: no imagination to it, and. Well and
2: it's, it's and I think I then our whole reason you, about doing the podcast is to look at liam neeson and and where the yeah. where does this fall on the parameter yeah.
1: so we never have a chance to decide for ourselves if he's in trouble or not going it, if we look at love actually at, uh, some of those times it was a judgment call did he was right. he in trouble or not? Right. Was this actually a concern for him, and in this one, literally everything that happens to him, he has to go, oh, this is bad
2: right well <laughs> or else. Cue hmm. up the operatic voices, and then we know he's in extreme peril.
1: Oh yeah, well that was that one was when evil McTattoo Face with horns on his head had the red sword, and red is bad.
2: Well, and the operatic voices, the
1: operatic voices did also come in, and they were very good operatic voices. Yes, that is a good sign. We,
2: we like the John Williams. We like the John
1: Williams. But so, then
2: it's, but that didn't leave. I mean, that forced us emotionally into yeah. that that decision, even though the character was still very calm looking throughout the battle
1: scene because after they finished going through the OSHA non-compliance room and they get to the red shield doors of no significance mm-hmm. he takes a moment to sit down and have take a breath mm-hmm. where both his apprentice and the man he's fighting are pacing back and forth waiting for a chance to get back into the fight
2: exactly and we were left just wondering what the heck's going like, on. Okay,
1: yes, he's the calm one. Neat.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, but but at this point I still didn't have an empathy for the character. No,
1: he was he was the neutral party in this movie and no one you it's hard to get invested in a neutral party. Right. I uh, I've heard descriptions of other characters with bad characterization as trying to make you feel bad for a lamp because someone knocked it over. Ouch. Mm. Because it's a lamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we don't care about this lamp mm-hmm.
2: well and i think that for me that was my problem with the entire movie is that i i wrote it down i didn't care about the characters yeah 12 minutes in to the movie i wanted to go do something else and i was a good girl and i sat here with the boys and watched the movie
1: yeah and so. i was playing on my phone and <laughs> dad yeah. was Sending emails and talking to people on the phone. (laughs) And we still are able to have a decent, coherent discussion about this movie, which I think is a pretty good indicator of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything specific we want to touch on (laughs) problems-wise? There was a point about two-thirds of the way through where everything was fine for a while.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Where, yes, they were on the wrong planet, but they had the parts to fix the ship. They had rescued the... They rescued Anakin Skywalker. Uh, those of you who are Star Wars fans will know that he later turns out to be Luke's dead. A- among other Spoiler things. Spoiler alert. Uh, they have the same last name. It <laughs> might happen. Uh, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this of bad things that are going to happen. But
2: then I think it's for somebody who doesn't really like Star Wars. Okay, that would be me. It didn't
1: get you invested to figure out the rest of the story.
2: I really don't. Much care or the or the foreshadowing was kind of cheesy, yeah
1: like the like whole at the very fear end, leads to anger, anger leads to hate thing that doesn't make you think, huh, I wonder if he's going to be afraid of something and have it lead to anger, hate, and suffering, right, it's spoilers, it does
2: <laughs> but like you said, it really did not lead me to want to invest more time and effort into another film, yeah, to see what happens next because. And what happens next isn't great.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Episode two is him having the fear, anger, hate, and suffering that was foreshadowed here when his poor mom dies. Spoilers on that one. Uh, Episode three is where we get the spoilers from when he said, no one can kill a Jedi when he kills all the Jedi.
2: (laughs) But the good news is Liam Neeson is not in those movies,
1: so I don't have to watch it. His voice is in the third one. Uh, Still- beca- because he turns out to be a Force ghost, which also isn't explained. They don't explain a lot of the Force. For how much they explain the Force, they don't actually explain it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But bottom line is, I don't have you to don't watch You don't have to watch
1: them. them. <laughs> you don't have to watch them. But it's I. there was an interesting note with the Force is. They do the Jedi mind trick, wave your hand thing. And it's really... He keeps it low to the ground. It's in a wide-cut frame. It's a really wide shot, so you barely see it, and it isn't of consequence. In episode four, when Obi-Wan does it, it's tight up to his face. It's right in front of his face he's waving, so you can tell that he's doing a thing.
2: That's so we don't miss it. So
1: we don't miss it. But this one, it's very missed. And we get to halfway through the movie before somebody says mind trick and just tell us what it is. Mm-hmm. Also, I believe only at the end of the movie does anyone actually use the force.
0: In in a way that to move a thing notable to yes. move
1: a thing. No, well, no. The bad guy uses it before the good guys. He yeah. uses it to open the door by throwing a rock at it.
2: Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I had quit caring long ago. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, this might be a short episode then. Uh, <laughs> we need to put a number on the meter, though. The meter. Love actually was a two point five, I believe, mm-hmm. out of ten.
2: Wait, there was some there was some peril.
1: There was significant there was peril, significant peril throughout, though it was handled well.
2: Right. But I don't think the meter needs to necessarily take into account whether or not it's handled well. I, if I, it's I, if it's straight up peril, either it's there's peril or there's not.
1: Yeah, but this also has to offset the difference between this movie and action heavy movies where he is frowning the entire time. <laughs> Frowning.
0: Wait a minute. Where he, he expresses his concern. Where he expresses he... his concern. In this, the characters all around are so flat. Yeah. That you know, even the, their dialogue is flat. Of course. And their facial expressions are flat. Um, I, you were, we were talking about that, and I thought about the the gungan leader guy. Probably was the least flat of the characters. Yeah, and he was a caricature of politicians. Right, he was a caricature of a politician. So,
2: But just because the character doesn't facially you know, let us see that he is, he thinks he's in peril... Doesn't, doesn't
0: mean, mean he's not in no, peril. No, exactly. Well, and since he got killed by some evil dude, um, well, we think wouldn't you evil. think his peril would be way up there? The evil dude did have red and black...
1: Tattoo face With horns on his head And used red swords I think that's And a black cloak I think that's
2: pretty Indicative of
1: Satan His name was also Maul Mm -hmm. Which is not the name You give to a good person That's the name you give To either a bad guy Or some Middle aged Brown haired guy With stubble That you want to be Assaulting a bad guy's base And maybe his name Is actually like Flintstone Or something like that (laughs) Rock Maul He's gonna come here And he's gonna punch you Yeah
2: I would think it's pretty high.
1: It's pretty high. It's not going to be... It's definitely not a 10. We need to save that for the ones where he's frowning the entire time.
2: Well, I would say at least an 8.
1: At least an 8. I was going to go a 7, but I'm willing to concede an 8.
0: Yeah, I think 8 is All where i right. probably go with it.
1: So, Liam Neeson, Peril Meter, 8. Actual movie, lower than 8.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> oh, Do we sorry. have
1: anything more we actually want to say about this movie? Other than it needs to go back to the library.
2: <laughs> I agree.
1: I think so. All right. Tune in next week where we talk about a movie. (laughs) Bye. Bye.